0: We are back. Hope you had an awesome weekend. Morgan. studio. Morning. Morning. Today on the show, somebody wins over $40,000. We're just going to give it away. So that comes up a little later. But I do want to start with this because speaking of money and the big lottery was this weekend, the, you know, the billion dollars, uh, Morgan says a listener DM'd her about the lottery, right? Yes. So what'd they say?
3: Okay, so this couple, when they were in Maine... They won a million dollars in the lottery by listening to our show. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, yeah, how, what happened? how? Okay, so let, let me read this to you. So Cheryl and Brian Vossen of Colorado, they went out to Maine for NASCAR, and then they ended up going over to New Hampshire where they purchased their ticket because they were listening to... To a country music station out of Nashville, Tennessee. Oh wait, this
0: is a news story. Yes. So someone sent you a link to a news story.
3: Yes, because she lives in this town. She got the she's from New Hampshire, so she gets the daily email from New Hampshire Lottery. Okay. Then w-
0: start over because I need to listen to it like a news story. I, I was like Morgan's talking in an awfully broadcasty voice this <laughs> <Yeah>. morning. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay,
3: so meet Cheryl and Brian Vossen of Colorado Springs, Colorado. It was the love of NASCAR that brought them from Colorado to Maine, and then over to New Hampshire for the race. While on their way back to Maine, they were listening to a country music station out of Nashville, Tennessee. And the radio talk show host, Bobby Bones, was talking all about the big Mega Millions jackpot. Cheryl asked Brian to get a few tickets at their liquor store on the traffic circle off I-95. And that's how the story goes, claiming their $1 million winning wow. Mega Millions ticket. That's
1: crazy. Oh that's crazy.
3: <laughs> wow. How does that yeah. make you feel, Lunchbox?
1: I hate my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do we inspire and they don't even give us anything? They don't owe us anything because it
0: wasn't our money. They use their own money. Wow, so have you heard from the people at all?
3: No, I mean, we could reach out to them. Obviously, they listen to the show, but the, it was somebody from New Hampshire that they just happened to get the lottery email every day, and they're like, this popped up, and it's because of you guys that they Crazy.
0: won. That's awesome. We, we have talked to them. Scuba, can you track them down?
3: Yeah.
0: That is an amazing story, and they gave us a
1: shout-out in the news story, which is pretty yeah. cool, which is pretty cool. Wow.
0: love that. Lunchbox, we want somebody a million bucks. That is so cool. That
1: does me no good. It is, like, it's not about you. This is not a you story. Yeah. No, it is. We won someone a million dollars, and they have not reached out to give us a reward or like. Hey, we didn't make them go. We inspired them. It said in the news story. I was listening to the Bobby Bones show. Who's the one that talks about the lottery? David this Letterman guy. inspired me. I don't give him in my paycheck. Mm-hmm. Inspiration's free. Facts. You did not go buy a lottery ticket because David Letterman told you. Okay. Well, lunchbox.
0: I'm sorry that this news dampers your morning. I think it's pretty cool. And I'd love to talk to them if we can get them. That already. is
4: crazy. <laughs> Lunchbox, it should be a story of hope. Like this, too, could happen to
0: you. And it's scratch offs. Yeah. For me, I feel like that's where our winning is. And scratch offs.
4: But we don't keep we don't do that. I don't play those either. We, we keep buying those <laughs> tickets.
0: All right, there you go, Morgan. Thank you. Yeah, very love cool. to start the show off with, with a positive story. And a big shout out to Cheryl and Brian Vossen of Colorado Springs, Colorado. And the stories from lottery.nh.gov. That's what I'm talking about. Let's give away some money today, too. We'll do that. Somebody's going to over $40,000 on the Woo-hoo. show this morning, playing Two Truths and a Lie. We also have a whole other week we're going to do with this bit, so if you guys want to be a part of it, just go to bobbybones.com and sign up. It's right there. It's time to open up the mailbag. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's Mailbag. Yeah. Hello, Bobby Bones. So my boyfriend and I... Been together for a little more than six years his family keeps asking when we're going to get engaged recently I had a friend slip up and tell me he was going to propose me this year a little while back I was joking and I showed him a ring that I thought was pretty so recently I went back online to look at it and the more research I did the more I found out the ring isn't really how it looks in real life now fast forward to now as he was trying to show me a picture I noticed he had the ring saved to his phone that picture my question is how do I tell him the ring isn't that pretty, or do I even say something? I don't know if he actually got that ring or if it's a reference picture. Signed. The not so pretty ring girl. Well, Ooh. this is what I'm I would sorry. do quickly is I would say, Hey, I don't like that ring anymore. We talked about. You can find a way to bring it up. I don't know, you find the but you don't want him to buy that ring if you hate it, especially if he hasn't already bought it. Like you just plan percentages at this point. Maybe he hasn't bought the ring yet. 50 50. He's bought it. He's got it on his phone. 50 50. So 50-50 that you can save him and you from having to live a life of having a ring on your finger that you hate every day. Because eventually it's going to come out. Maybe 10 years down the road and he's going to be embarrassed and hate it. But you're going to have to wear it every day for that 10 years until it comes out. I would say something now. So he may not have bought it. Or the other part of that is if he has bought it and here it cuts into that 50, he may can just take it back and switch it. Yeah. And you can go with him and get something you really like and that's probably the case unless he bought it from his friend Clint behind IHOP Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I would say something it's just too big of a thing not to say something especially because you've said something already that put him on that track and if you don't feel comfortable going hey remember that ring I showed you I don't like it anymore you gotta find a way to bring it up like so and so got engaged make up a friend my friend Lucy at work got engaged and he, he got her a ring like I was showing you and I saw it it actually isn't that good I don't like that ring anymore You can do that. You can make up something just to get the message to him, but he needs to know. You shouldn't have to wear a ring you hate. Don't make him buy a ring that he may not have bought yet because you told him a long time ago you liked it and you don't anymore. So you got to do it. You got to go chase it down. Nope, don't like it anymore. The end. I mean, listen, the best way is just to go, hey, remember the ring I told you? I don't like it anymore. Yeah. That's it. That's the easiest way. But if you want to do something like I would do, I'd be like, yeah, my friend Lucy got
4: engaged.
5: <laughs> Lucy. <laughs> uh, Amy?
4: No, I agree. It's okay to say something. You just have to find the courage to do it and know that, you know, you don't know what his response is going to be. And I would say how he handles this could be very telling.
0: Well, if he <laughs> handles it poorly and he gets his feelings hurt, that's only going to be temporary, though. That ring is going to be forever. Exactly. That's, so, I mean, he's, he may have his feelings hurt for a second and be like, oh, But that ring will, he'll be happy after his feelings are hurt that you told him Yes. Take it from somebody who gets his feelings hurt. I'm always happy when my wife's like, yeah, that joke's not that funny that you tell. And she doesn't say it like that because I'll ask her. I'll be like, hey, what do you think about this joke? And she'll go, "Mm, I don't think it's as funny as it could be. And I'm like, what? I can't believe you would say that in my mind. Because I know I just asked her to critique it. And then she'll go, what if you move this word here and say it like this? And I'm like, you don't even know what it's like to do comedy. And then I'm like writing it down on my phone. And then I do it on stage, and it's so much funnier how she did it. I'm so happy we went through that process of having my feelings hurt. Because I asked for it, then she told me, and it's better. So there you go. So go do it. Go tell them. Thank you, the not-so-pretty ring girl. That's the mailbag. Close it up. We've got your email, and we read it on the air. Now
1: it's
0: time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. I do think it's unfair what you're about to say, Eddie. What do you mean? Well, because we dress like in pajamas. Or sweats sure. most of the time, regardless of who's in. But go ahead say your thing.
5: Well, I just think that whenever we have artists like Cody Johnson come in and, like, good-looking dudes, the girls all of a sudden get dressed up. The dresses come out. The nice blouses come out. Blouses. We, we never see those. Who says blouses? 90-year-old dudes. Wait, wait, wait. Are they not called blouses?
0: Okay, we understand your point. <laughs> By the way, Cody Johnson will be in in a little bit. Love Cody Johnson. You'll know him from this song right here. If you got a chance Take it. He's going to perform. But Eddie says, when good-looking dudes come, the ladies show out a little bit. And I'm
5: thinking, like, what? Do you think you have a chance with these guys? Like, well, like, wh- why get all dressed up? Why are you looking to impress these dudes is my question. Okay, let's, uh, Morgan.
3: Yes. I.
5: Obviously, Eddie's talking is, about you. I mean,
3: I, he can talk about me all he wants because my face and my hair are done every day. And that's one thing that matters because of camera.
5: That's why I said blouses.
3: And <laughs> I I like to make sure that if anyone comes in studio, that I am more dressed up. It doesn't matter what artist it Love is. Love it. Mm. I,
0: Amen. I, Me yeah. too. Yeah. Me too, actually. Go ahead. If
3: that's just the case. So I want to make sure I'm always a presentable person. And so yes, on the days that I don't have to do that, I would like to wear my more comfy clothes because it's also cold in here. So I like to be comfortable. It sounds
0: like the story is that you guys... You and Lunchbox just stay slobs all the time. No, no, no. Also, Abby. When people
1: come over to your house, do you not clean up a little more? A little bit. If company's coming over. A little bit. A little bit. When you're answering the phones and you're not even going to interact with them, no need to wear the sparkly dress. She
4: interacts with every artist.
0: But also, if people aren't going to the kitchen, why clean the kitchen? Why not let the dishes? No, you clean the kitchen just in case. No, not down with that. (laughs) I appreciate when people dress up and look a little more professional when guests come in. It's company coming over to the house, basically. So I don't, and you guys look like slobs every day. And you know what? We're not
5: I, trying to impress anyone. I'm not trying to hook up with any of you. I'm not these trying to, pr- nobody's artists. trying to hook up with an artist. I'm
0: not really? trying to be fake. so rude. <laughs> yeah, I mean. so rude. <laughs> Abby, what do you want to say about this? Because they're also shining the light on you here.
4: Yes, they're freaking out because I have a dress on, but it's summer. And the, like all their people are in here.
0: Yes, there are like 15 people here. Mm-hmm. And I the feel like
4: career. I don't dress up that much like Morgan does, and so oh, I was oh, like, oh, oh, so yeah, Wait, hold on. What were you saying with that? No, I was just saying. And so I feel like I need to when there are artists in here, not any particular artists, but when there are guests and visitors, that's when I do. And I felt like wearing a dress today.
0: Remember the time Lunchbox had uh, one of the executives show up, and he was in like his underwear. Yes. Yes. And then she I was like, "Why it. did? Was he just wearing his underwear?" Yeah.
1: And then so he's like, "Oh, sorry, I didn't know. I need to get dr- yes, yes. When people are here, you have to dress up." Okay. I'll just remember that. I'm going to make sure every artist, they're dressed up then. <laughs> every artist. Not just these yeah. guys. You're not the cops, though. No, 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 They say they do it for every artist. So, I Morgan, gonna... yes.
3: I would also like to say that you guys may think we're more dressing up for the men, but honestly, we dress up more for the girls because we like the respect of them, of Ooh. we dress... Uh, both as fashionably as they would. So we actually dress better when the women come in because we want their compliments more than we want the men. Yeah, I they noticed seem that. to think that doesn't happen. Yeah, that, I haven't that, noticed that would that.
4: debunk your theory. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well,
5: my theory, uh, come on.
0: Bones. Say it. Your theory is what?
5: Let's put it out there. Your theory is that they get dressed up for these artists because they're trying to like hook up with them. Yep. Oh my gosh. I'm man. Hook
1: up. Oh. That is so Most crazy. Of the okay, okay. That come okay. In
0: are married.
1: Not like, hook why did that Not Fine. hook up, maybe Impressive. maybe
5: get a number.
0: Okay. But like Cody Johnson's married. Exactly. he have been married forever.
5: Exactly. Did, did they know why. that? Did it, they know that before he came in? It's a Google away. Okay. <laughs> yes. Y'all I nasty.
0: think you guys are crazy. I also think you guys, when you dress like you are today, <laughs> not professional.
4: Yeah. Y'all and, I, hey, we're level not. Level we're up. not. Tr-
5: I'm not trying to hook up with Cody. <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: not. I'm not <laughs> trying to get the DM. I'm anyway, not trying to Cody, get a number. Cody Johnson coming in a little bit. I would like to say thank you guys for looking professional today. Thanks, you don't Bobby. have to every day because some days there are no. We're just in the studio doing it ourselves, you know. But there are people coming in. You put your best foot forward. I appreciate it. companies coming over. You clean the house. I appreciate <laughs> that. All right. Well, you two. You're What's, sleaze, up? Bo- you're balls, What's up? Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm say, you're sleazeballs. Okay. You're sleazeballs. You are sleazeballs. It's time for the good news with Bobby. Tell me something good. Last year, Mary Cormier got a call about a dog with a broken leg on the side of the road. The dog, Ranger, was hit by a car roaming around. And so she went, she picked up Ranger, and she found out that he'd been homeless for seven years, which is crazy the dog survived for that long. She took him in. She got him the surgery that he needed with the help of some donations. She had rescued several dogs. And so she has a a way for people to help her help these dogs. So she got it. She put the dog up. She said, hey, does anyone want this dog? This is what he's been through. This woman named Judy said, I will adopt Ranger. So Rangers now lived with Judy for about two weeks. She's been a companion and a protector so far. However, Ranger recently alerted Judy when her granddaughter was having a seizure. Wow. He scratched on the granddaughter's door, whimpering very loudly. And so Judy's like, what's going on? Scratch, scratch. And so she went in and her granddaughter had a seizure, which is... Crazy that a dog could recognize and scratch through that, could hear something was going on. And then Judy was like, "Let me see." Sometimes my dogs won't shut up, and I'm just like, "Shut up!" I don't go. I don't even go see. Who knows how many lives I could have saved if I would have just oh, went and saw. Man. But I, they're. Like, Ugh. I'm like, yeah, you guys are good. But that's awesome. So shout out to Mary Cormier for saving the dog and making sure Ranger got the surgery. Judy for adopting Ranger, and then Ranger for. Saving her granddaughter, which is a pretty remarkable story. That is what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I want to say thanks for everybody who has helped with St. Jude. I mean, you guys are changing lives. You guys are saving lives. St. Jude has been leading the way to the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of cancer. And I'm talking about childhood cancer. Your support actually means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food. So the parents can focus on being a parent and helping their kid live. You know, I never had cancer, but I was in the hospital as a kid for a long time. And I just remember how difficult it was, how scary it was. And then I remember getting out and having to figure out how to pay the bill. I didn't have to pay it, but, you know, Somebody did, but St. Jude eliminates a lot of that. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in Hope. You'll get an awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. Join the doctors, the researchers. Join me in this fight and visit musicgives.org. That's (sighs) musicgives.org. When it comes to things that I love universally, uh, my dogs, and I'll go three to one. Arkansas sports, number one, my wife. And so I love it. You know what I almost love universally is bacon because, I mean, it's hard to have bad bacon. I love bacon. I love it like not super crispy. I like that middle, like a little bit of crisp on it, but also a little bit of soft. And when it comes to bacon, the best bacon, and again, I love bacon. The best bacon is right brand bacon. It's awesome, so awesome that I had some sent to me, and I came back. It was up here in the studio, and it was gone, and Eddie took a whole case home, but where he blew it was, he posted it on Instagram. Bacon is awesome, so let me tell you about Wright Brand Bacon. It is so good that if you cook bacon for people at your house, they're going to be like, well, what's happening here? Like, you you're in an extra good mood today? Nope, it's just the bacon. I'm talking about the number one thick cut, flip your whole world upside down type of bacon, the thickness of it, how it's actually real wood smoked. It's unbelievable. Almost indescribable. I cannot tell you about it with words and how good it is. Do yourself a favor and get you some right brand bacon and experience bacon the right way. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Cody Johnson. You know, Cody, after you had played our iHeart Country Festival, I went searching for you. I don't ever searching for anybody. And I was like, I got to go find Cody because I never met you before. And I was like, where's Cody? I was tearing it up back there. And they were like, he had a family thing. And I was like, all right, I respect that. And I'll see him some other time. Yeah, I got out of there. <laughs> yeah, but uh, man, you just do such a great live show. I mean, Shit. you sang. And already... Right, I already really liked your songs. I remember sharing your songs here on this show a few years, a few years back. But you were so good live that I left, going, "Okay, good. I, you know, I was right." But then like Scuba Steve, our producer, who didn't really grow up on country music, he's in love with you. And he's got like the biggest guy crush ever. And so, <laughs> You're going too far. Yeah, I know. Throw him,
2: bus, throw him under the bus on the air.
0: Well, he's already done that to himself. We leave and he's just playing all Cody Johnson all the time. But so first, just your, your live shows are, are so great. I imagine that that is so important to you as a performer and, you know, coming up the way you've come up.
2: It's all, It's the only legs you had to stand on when you came from where I came from. Um you know, growing up playing in Texas and you, uh, I came to Nashville and I, I tried the, the whole thing and, and it was very much, uh, well, you got to take your hat off and we're not singing about country cowboy stuff. I mean, at the time it was all, um, uh, very, very platformed as far as four-wheel drive trucks and cut-off shorts, and it was very like it was a thing. And if you didn't fit into that mold, you didn't you didn't get the spotlight, which I was fine with. So when you go back home with that and you're, you just kind of appreciate the skin you're in kind of thing, uh, your live show is all you have. And those fans that you create on the independent level, they don't really care about um, what radio station you're played on or what let record label you're with. And when you can build that, that's what got us to the point where we were able to merge with Warner Nashville, and I was able to make a partnership and get a deal that, where I still got to maintain my independent spirit. And now we're reaching fans that only care if you're played on the radio or you have a label deal. So there to, to merge those two kinds of fans together, your live show has to be on point every day. Every night you have to pretend it's the last show you're ever going to play, that, that this is the show that's going to make or break you with these fans. And so when you see me on stage, it's not uh, – it's not rehearsed. It's not fake. It's it's authentic.
0: You know, often uh, poke fun at artists who will wear cowboy hats, but not be a real cowboy. You know, that's <laughs> just like kind of a, a it's like carrot top and a prop. And so, however, I often say like a, a Randy Houser was in. He is was a real cowboy growing up. And John Party who's a friend of mine. He was a real cowboy. He can go out now and wrote and he can do all that with you you're a real cowboy so for someone to be like you know we don't do the cowboy but you're like i'm a real freaking cowboy what do you mean the cowboy stuff like this is real life stuff i wasn't very nice the
2: my manager i wish you i I wish half y'all could have been in the room it was we're i'm not even going to mention the label but they said uh well we man we love your stuff we love you but i mean would you be willing to take the hat off and i was like and i literally said oh you thought i bought this to come see you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and he kind of, and my manager's a pretty
0: large guy. He just kind of shrunk down his chair and I was like, I shouldn't have said that. I still said it. <laughs> do you, I you know, I have like a couple nagging injuries and it's stupid. It's from like high school football or like a, I mean, I'm going be able to say this in front of you because you're a real life cowboy. I, I, I did a dance competition once and I hurt myself. From when you were riding bull, do you have any injuries that still linger where it's like, oh, my back or my leg?
2: funny you say that I actually just had neck surgery in December I uh it was I had been in pain since 2017 and it just kept getting worse kept getting worse and there was numbness and burning and my whole right arm was just felt like it was falling off and so we uh, went and did an MRI, and they put me in emergency surgery. They pulled out my C6 and my C7. Vertebrae. So they did emergency
0: right. surgery. You went in for an MRI because of pain for a long time. Like, it right. had been hurting. So you're like, well, I got to get this done. I guess I'll go now. You're just, you know, you put it off, it sounds like. Yeah. And then they go, we got to go now? He said,
2: He said, we need to be in surgery within the next hour. He said, because, so this particular surgeon was retiring. And he's like, man, you got to get this done. Like, you got to get this done. And I said, well, maybe I'll wait. And he said, there's a chance you could lose the functionality of your right arm completely. Mm. So there was bone spurs that were shaved off of the vertebrae, completely ruptured disc, and they found 13 bone fragments on the nerve, which means at some point I fractured my neck. And it was just, I mean, he's like, "When you would know when you did this. And I'm like, no.
0: <laughs> I do a lot of stupid stuff, so I really, <laughs> I really
2: don't know. I can't tell you one particular time.
0: That's crazy that they go, we got to go now after you had just kind of let it. I mean, I get it too. You're hurt. You're like, I can go to the doctor anytime, but they're like, no, we got to go right now. And then when they're digging on your spinal cord too, that's, that's real deal stuff.
2: It was a five and a half hour long surgery, you know, do you go,
0: are are you nervous going to listen? I had a colonoscopy and I was nervous. I was like, I may die, but you're going in and they're digging on like real parts of your body. Are you like, oh man, I may not wake up. I was extremely nervous, you know, but whatever's going to happen is
2: going to happen. And uh, I was in so much pain at that time, I didn't care. I'm like, I'm, I'm not a pain pill guy at all. Like, I don't even take a Tylenol. And I was like, give me drugs. Help me not to hurt right now. And so I was, I was thankful. They're like, well, we're going to have to cut here and cut there. I don't care. Just get rid of it. Just I'd had enough.
0: Do you think it's from falling, like being tossed off of bulls, or just the general wear and tear of all of it. I mean, because you're, you're constantly getting tossed I, I around. I've landed
2: on my neck and on my head um, more than a few times. Bulls, horses, and stuff like that. But, I mean, yeah, I've not been very nice to my body. I don't want to brag, but
0: I've done quite the amount of mutton busting.
2: I don't want to <laughs> brag. I don't want <laughs> to brag, Cody. My 7-year-old actually just won a mutton busting. Yeah, I want like, <laughs> yeah. like, to brag myself.
0: His 7-year-old. I was like 15. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like 15. 7, yeah. I like 15, 16 or so. Do you watch rodeo now? Or are you mostly like some of my friends that played ball? They're like, you know, I've seen it. I'm good. I don't need to watch it right now because it was, it was pretty traumatic for me.
2: No. I, I So for a long time, I didn't. Uh, a long time, and if you, anybody's – I don't know if you have or you haven't, but my documentary, Dear Rodeo, kind of tells that story. Uh, I was bitter for a long time because I wasn't good enough to make it. And uh, so I didn't watch it. And I was pretty immature about the whole thing. And, uh, you know, I'm in a different place in my life now. I'm 35. I'm at the point when my music career is – Doing wonderful. I've got a beautiful wife that's my best friend and beautiful kids and a cattle ranch back in Texas. And that's what we do every day is we rope and train horses and work cows. And so it's like, it's funny. I thought that bull riding was like, that was, I was really mad that I didn't get to achieve that goal When in all reality, like, I'm so much more involved in rodeo and so much more involved in the cowboy way of life now than I ever would have been trying to ride bulls. But, yeah, we follow it now. We've got a lot of friends that are in professional rodeo, and so it's fun to watch them compete and succeed. And, um, you know, I'm pretty handy with a rope, but I don't have time. Those guys, they have to chase that career like I chase this career. It is every day, every night, day in, day out grind. And so it's there's a lot – and, they, and they're not getting paid. They're not like professional athletes that get paid whenever they sit on the DL. Like you can hurt yourself in baseball and sit on the bench and still get paid. Not rodeo. If you're hurt, you're out. And so that's why you see guys keep and, and girls keep going even when they're hurt. It's pretty. It's pretty intense, man.
0: Cody Johnson's here. We're talking about the rodeo. I mean, would you play deer rodeo for us now? absolutely so cool. hey introduce us to your 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 player here
2: this is my fiddle player jody bartula he's my band leader he's been with me for
6: 12 years so
2: 12 gets- jody 12
0: nice. years 12. Yeah. What what's what's cody like as a boss fantastic i would have been good here answer, for answer. Years. good answer <laughs> We love you. good answer Yeah, yeah. Right. i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off i was being funny what were you gonna say no, i wouldn't i wouldn't have been here for 12 years if he wasn't well uh, let's hear a little deer rodeo from cody johnson
6: I'd be lying if I tried to tell you I don't think about you after all the miles and the wild nights that we've been through Lord knows we had a few new I'd like to say that I took the reins and rode away no no left unsaid Just turn the page Oh, but you know Better, babe Between all those Hatties and the broken bones The dream of a buckle I'll never put on I'm jaded Oh, I hate it Somehow you go
0: Johnson in studio. Awesome. We were watching you, Cody, play again at our IR Country Festival and you came out and you played human and you did that that song live and you talked about how maybe it was going to come out or it had just come out. I think it's such a powerful song and I'd like to play that now if you're cool with that on the radio. Is that cool, Cody? Good with that?
2: Oh, you want to play human on the ra- I thought you meant right now. I'm no, no, like, no. Yeah, no. spin it, baby. I'm,
0: I'm going to spin it. Yeah, I'm going to play it right now. You cool with that? You bet. All right. So why? let me ask you before I play it here. Why would you decide to cut this song? What would it mean to you? Uh,
2: it's real. Um, following up till you can't being our first number one, um, it had a great message. And I think I've lived human. And I think it's something that we all have in common. No matter where you stand on any issue, we're all doing the same thing. We're all doing through the same life, trying to figure it out and uh i think that that's kind of my mark is i'm going to put out stuff that i can stand
0: behind and say i live that it's authentic so hey it's bobby bones want to say thanks for everybody who has helped with saint jude i mean you guys are changing lives you guys are saving lives saint jude has been leading the way to the world's best survival rates for uh, some of the most aggressive forms of cancer and i'm talking about childhood cancer your support actually means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food. So the parents can focus on being a parent and helping their kid live. You know, I never had cancer, but I was in the hospital as a kid for a long time. And I just remember how difficult it was, how scary it was. And then I remember getting out and having to figure out how to pay the bill. I didn't have to pay it, but, you know, Somebody did, but St. Jude eliminates a lot of that. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in Hope. You'll get an awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. Join the doctors, the researchers. Join me in this fight and visit musicgives.org. That's (sighs) musicgives.org. when it comes to things that i love universally uh my dogs and i'll go three to one arkansas sports number one my wife and so i love it you know what i almost love universally is bacon because i mean it's hard to have bad bacon i love bacon i love it like not super crispy i like that middle like a little bit of crisp on it but also a little bit of soft and when it comes to bacon the best bacon and again i love bacon the best bacon is right brand bacon it's awesome. So awesome that I had some sent to me, and I came back. It was up here in the studio, and it was gone. And Eddie took a whole case on, but where he blew it was, he posted it on Instagram. Bacon is awesome. So let me tell you about Right Brand Bacon. It is so good that if you cook bacon for people at your house, they're going to be like, well, what's happening here? Like, you in an extra good mood today? Nope, it's just the bacon. I'm talking about the number one thick cut, flip your whole world upside down type of bacon. The thickness of it, how it's actually real wood smoked. It is unbelievable, almost indescribable. I cannot tell you about it with words and how good it is. Do yourself a favor and get you some right brand bacon and experience bacon the right way. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Go. On the Bobby Bones Show now, Cody Johnson. All right, Cody's here. Oh, yeah, light, <laughs> we're this light. is gonna be.
2: I'm either gonna hit this note or I'm gonna drop it down a key.
0: What? Oh, are you talking to me? I- I'll hit it for you. Just point, oh, and I'll nail absolutely, it. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, so yeah. if you got a chance,
6: take it. Take it while you got a chance. If you got a dream,
0: chase it what are you talking about? that sounds perfect yeah you nailed it I never even heard it better in my life maybe you should do your shows in the morning you ever think about that you got a chance take it well, we practice it so you don't want to go as high because it's early Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you drop you, it down but then it sounds weird I mean weird is not a w- way I would describe either one of those mm-hmm. yeah like, they were more like pretty awesome good. but uh <laughs> yeah
6: Take it. It's up there, man. Let's just... Can you play it drop down? Absolutely. All
0: right. But don't Hello. get into it yet. Yeah, hold, hold on. Hold on. Hold on, Unless you want to practice it again.
2: No, we're good. All that's right. The same thing for me. <laughs> I just... That is one of those things that I knew when
0: I recorded it. You'd have to sing it every night once well, you recorded you it?
2: do it right or it'll hurt you. Yeah. And
0: I'm not going to... You know what I mean? Yeah, don't... It's,
5: it's, that's, that's why I love capos.
0: <laughs> don't blow it out. <laughs> don't blow it out. All right. <laughs> Cody Johnson's like here. Uh, Cody, watching you perform live... And I remember watching, not just listening to your vocal, but watching you, and it looked to me like definitely country music, but definitely a little gospel as well, because I grew up in a Baptist church, and right or wrong, I feel like I could see a little bit of that in your performance. Was church, when you were growing up, a part of your like musical the early years? Absolutely. It's where I learned the basis
2: of most everything I know. Um you know, I learned drums because we needed a drummer. And so I learned how to play my Who's dad, we? The, the people in, you know, like the church. Oh, you know, got it, I got grew it got up it. in. And so they were like, we don't have a drummer. And so my dad knew drums and dad just taught me rhythm. And uh, my dad played the piano. And so he was like Floyd Kramer good. And uh, I wanted to learn guitar. And he taught me GC and D. It's the only things he knew on guitar, really. And so <clears throat> I would come home from school and I would tape like while i was at school i would take my cassette tapes and i would record a channel i would record like the country channel or the r&b channel or the rock channel or whatever And when i get home i would play the song and i'd pause it and i'd try to play it and i'd play it back and i'd do it until my fingers bled but i didn't get to play guitar and in the church it was just drums and they didn't like me playing drums very much i played like i wanted to play like zeppelin in church (laughs) (laughs) like you have never heard i'll fly away old glory like i played it so that didn't last very long
0: so you're playing drums. Are you singing at all in church?
2: Oh yeah, that was so. That was my my parents grew up singing like uh, like quartet gospel type, like Gaither Vocal Band type stuff, uh, the Kingsmen, and uh, so I had to learn harmony first. They wouldn't let me sing lead. It was you can learn these harmony parts, and, but it was it kind of gave me a an, what I call an ear education because I don't know how to read music. I don't know how to read a guitar tab. Like I, I can't even do the number system in the studio with the studio guys. But it's all from what I hear. And that's really a blessing and a curse because I can hear things that most people can't, but then it's hard. I can't explain it.
0: (laughs) So if your dad was such a good musician, did he have aspirations of making it big back in the day? No, I'm like, uh, I grew up in a really small
2: town and a small town people. And I think I might've been like the only guy that just said, I'm going somewhere. And, uh, I didn't know how, I didn't know what, but, yeah, it, it, I'm kind of an anomaly.
0: Walk <laughs> me through, if you're at a piano with your mom or your dad and they're teaching you how to sing harmonies, are they playing and you're singing the harmony to the notes on the piano or, or are you their voice? Like, what are you chasing there? It was their, vo-
2: their voices. So this is the lead part. This is the low. This is the high. You know, this is the, what is it, the third up or the fifth? I can't even tell you. But it, when you hear those different things, and then we would learn to switch. When mom sang lead, you know, dad would be down here and I would be up here. When dad sang lead, I would be up here. Mom would be down here. And eventually I got to sing lead. And then I was like, I'm going to start playing my guitar. And I went to school and I played my guitar and girls liked it. And I was like, okay, there's something to this. <laughs> and then I graduated and started playing bars and I got paid one time. And I was like, okay, there's something to this. And that's kind of where it started snowballing.
0: So you're playing music, but you're also rodeoing. <clears throat> Two careers where there's not a lot of long term promise.
2: Well, and you know, I've always said this like if I would have grown up in West Virginia, I'd have probably been a coal miner, because when you grow up in a little small town, you'd grow up and you do what dad did. And so that's what I did. Uh, my dad worked for thirty-three years at the prison system in Texas. So whenever I turned eighteen, that's what I did. And I went to work for the prison system.
0: So that was your stability, that was your paycheck. That's
2: about as far as I looked. You know, it's a steady paycheck. It's got insurance. And that was kind of my ceiling. That's where I kept myself. And I just never was happy, you know. And it took certain people in my life saying, you're going you're gonna to be old one day, and you're going to regret not having taken this chance to go play music. You know, and like my warden that I was working for at the prison system said, there's always going to be people in prison, and there will always be room for a job here. Go try. Because mm-hmm. if you don't go try and you don't take this chance, then you're going to regret it. And so we did. We went full force. My wife worked two jobs, and uh, I went out on the road, and we didn't make money for like the first five years. I was paying, you know, like Jody here, I was giving him the $100, and whoever else the $100, and my $100 went to the van. And so I was literally bringing in absolutely no money. It was, we were just riding on her shoulders. And so, uh, wish we had
0: TikTok back then. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's interesting because I think sometimes it gets overlooked by certain people, but you absolutely focused on it here and highlighted it. Your wife is such a critical part to your success and you being right here right now.
2: Absolutely. She's uh, probably the only reason I've got my head on straight. You know, and people like me, you got to think about it. Any kind of man that would work at, voluntarily work at a prison, ride bulls, and go out on the road with absolutely no guarantees of money. I mean, I'm a little bit of a... I mean, uh, I am what I am.
0: Are you an adrenaline guy?
2: <clears throat> I'm absolutely an adrenaline guy. Do
0: you, do you like to go fast and get be up swinging high and all that stuff? Yeah.
2: You know, that's the thing is she kind of makes me realize, hey, stupid, stay down here on earth with the rest of us. And and uh, it's a great reminder. Um, but that's what, you know, she did so much for me. It's like I, I told her, you know, one of these days you're not going to work, you're not going to want for anything, and I'm going to make it. And that's kind of the, the drive
0: behind what I've done. Cody Johnson is here. If you don't mind, I know you got, you still have your instruments on, would you play till you can't for us? Absolutely. All right, here we go. Live on the show this morning, it's Cody Johnson.
6: You can tell your old man you do some largemouth fishing another time. Just got too much on your plate To bait and cast a line You can always put a rain check in his hand Until you can't You can keep putting off forever With that girl whose heart you hold Swearing that you'll last someday further down the road you can always put a diamond on her hand till you can't if you got a chance take it take it while you got a chance if you got a dream chase it cause the dream won't chase you back you're gonna love somebody, hold them as long and as strong and as close as you can until you can. See yeah, if you got a chance, take it, take it while you got a chance. If you got a dream, chase it, cause a dream won't chase you back. You're gonna love somebody, hold them as long and as strong and as close as you can until you can't.
0: most pure oh gosh. yell I've ever heard yeah. right on key I mean perfect <laughs> it's a controlled screen it shook me inside my guts uh, okay I got a couple things I want to say here first all right. of all you guys check out human the double album and we played the song earlier and I was looking at stuff to promote and I still will but everything's sold out basically Cody it's a great problem to have <laughs> I mean I'm like all right what can I tell people so this is what I say Cody Johnson and friends so go to codyjohnsonmusic.com because it's you know, different nights, Easton Corbin, Drew Parker, Randy Hauser, I could go through, but there are some shows where you can get a couple tickets, but holy, man, everything's selling out. That's a great problem. We'll be in bigger venues next year. Okay, i like to hear that. <laughs> I will ask you about this, because I saw you talking about, you were just kind of teasing the, the three albums, three projects you're working on, right? It just
2: Yeah, so we just got through recording a live album, which okay. is something that we've always wanted to do. You know, you mentioned at the very beginning of the show how important the live show is. We've never been able to capture the energy. And right now we're in a spot where we're playing uh, big arenas and big amphitheaters and we're getting ready to make that next move into much larger venues. And that's a whole different animal. But before we made that, well, I say before we graduate to that next step, we really wanted to capture what we are as a band. You know, Jody's not only, he's been with me for 12 years, bass player's been with us 11, drummer's been with us for 10. You know what I mean? We've, We're tight. We're a very tight knit group. We all wear the brand proudly with our tattoos together, you know, for the rock and CJB. And we wanted to capture that before we start adding anything to the show, before we add another player, before we... So we recorded five shows and uh, we wound up with what we feel like is the best representation of what we do live. No tracks, bare bones, no gimmicks. It's just a band on stage. And uh, I'm one of those people, like, I complain when my plate's full but then as soon as something gets off my plate, I fill the plate back up again. Like I'm a glutton for punishment or I like pain or something. Um, so we're, I'm in the process of, I'm fixing to go record a new studio album. I'd like to have out next year. And, uh, yeah, so we've got a lot we got quite a bit going on right now.
0: It sounds like you're up to something else too. You're not telling us, and that's okay. I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> I respect that. Uh, Cody Johnson, dude, just just great. I'm just honored that you would play. I mean, you're a big star, you don't have to come play on the show, but I'm I am i am very appreciative that you guys would come in and play this. Both of you guys. So thank Absolutely. you very much. And we'll be standing outside the fence at your concerts going, let us in, because <laughs> it's all sold <laughs> out. I, think we, I yeah.
2: think we can pull some let strings, Bobby. It'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right, there he is, Cody Johnson, yeah. everybody. Thanks, guys. <laughs> a big truck driver advocate you know having to get a cdl myself it's tough and then people don't care and they're da- and they're swerving around and you're driving this humongous truck and they're putting their own lives at risk and then yours and your family and it's a hard job and so big truck driver guy and so i root for him i i try to share the safety issues they deal with and sometimes we'll get a good call from a trucker as well this is trucker joe
6: hey bobby i have a psa for all your listeners and since you took the test you can verify it it takes a football field for a truck to stop so cutting right out in front of them is not a good idea and you're supposed to be three car lengths ahead of them before you move over into their lane if a cop catches you doing it sooner You can get a ticket. If the truck hits you, it's automatically your fault and trucks. You have cameras in them to show that. Thank you.
0: You're welcome, Trucker Joe. Appreciate that call. And if you hit a T-wheeler, regardless of whose fault, your fault, my fault, the fault, uh, you lose. Because that thing's big. (laughs) They're huge. Yeah. You just lose. It's like walking across at a pedestrian walk. If the light says go or not, you still got to look both ways. Because if a car hits you, regardless of right or wrong, yeah. So you got to watch out. But I appreciate that call, Trucker Joe.
4: Whoa.
5: The Here's Amy's pile of stories.
4: A big decision for parents is what age to get their kids a cell phone. We talk about it on the show often, and data just came out showing that most parents are doing it at age 10.
0: Thoughts on that, Amy?
4: I mean, my son is going to be 12 soon, and I, you know, I'm know, i not getting him a phone
0: You've said, though, your son, since he came from an orphanage in another country, maybe is a little behind.
4: He is. Yes. So. So. And then my daughter, same thing. She's a little behind. She got a phone at 14.
0: Although your daughter's rocking, man. She's so smart. Yeah. Do you think she's catching up?
3: She's.
4: She's catching up. She's very. I feel like she's street smart. It's some of the the basic education stuff that she lacked growing up in the orphanage and not having some of the fundamentals that set her back, and then English being her second language and only speaking it for the last four years. Yeah, I yeah. forget that sometimes, but
0: you okay.
5: Know. Uh, ten, though, too early in your mind, Eddie. It's not a hard decision. I think once they start driving, you can get them a cell phone.
0: <laughs> 16. But you fall, it, it used to be 20, 18. It 18,
5: was 18, 18. I, came, I came down. And my 14-year-old has one, but it's kind of all my kids' cell phones. He doesn't take it to school, he doesn't take it places. But we, he if doesn't we, take it no, places? No, if we leave him at home, you know. Eddie,
0: that's not called a cell phone, that's called a landline, <laughs>
4: <Eddie>. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so like, what if he's out and about and he needs to get a hold of you? Well, or yeah, like, the, at a friend's special,
5: house? Pl- special occasions like that, yes. Okay, well. So 10
0: is what the average American
5: parent yeah, is Yeah,
4: and I would say if you're doing 10, definitely take advantage of the parental controls. And then those parents are also saying there's boundaries, like the kids can't have the cell phone up in their room and no cell phones at the table, which I did see an article too saying that more and more families are trying to get intentional about meals around the table because that's the best way to connect to each other.
0: Yeah, that's good. No, I like that. My wife enforces that with me. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> that's how y'all and you are. you are not, twelve. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I'm, I now don't even think about the phone really at dinner. I put it away immediately. But, you know, uh, when we decide to have kids, I'll probably put a cell phone in the crib. Because if they start using it early, it won't be a big thing. They'll <laughs> yeah. just know, and they'll know all the rules, mm-hmm. right? All right, what else?
4: Bobby, when you went off to college, did you know how to clean up after yourself? Like Yeah, I raised myself. Tidy up, do laundry. Absolutely. I could
0: cook. I could... Uh, yeah, Save a, a wounded human. I could do all wow. of it. Yeah. yeah.
4: Well, in a survey, the majority of college kids all said, Yeah, like when I, my room is clean, I feel my best. But more than half of them said that they went off to college completely unprepared and didn't know how to clean up after themselves, which is crazy to how me. Do you not a
0: clean up after yourself. Ridiculous. Like, you know, you just act like you don't know. So when you don't do it, you're like, I didn't know. <laughs> You know how to clean up after yourself. Everyone does.
4: Okay. Well, I'm just sharing with you the survey and I too was shocked by it. And just a heads up to parents because we've got maybe a week or two before kids have head off to college and maybe so you just teach them, teach them the laundry, <laughs> teach them how to do Okay. Know, laundry. That's
0: a thing. Okay. I don't really consider that clean up after yourself, but okay. Now I didn't know how to really do laundry except for put it all in there and do it on cold. That's a safe way. Like that the was whites the, and the
4: darks and the towels. That was and, a safe
0: way. Yeah. So when I got to college, I go to the laundromat. I put it all on cold, put the quarters in, the end. Now I still, I really don't know how to do it now either. <laughs> <laughs> and am just, uh, all right, what else?
4: Tyler Hubbard said that he only had $12 in his bank account in 2011 before Cruise came out.
5: I remember being over in Berry Hill, recording our first album, and we were literally working on Cruise, hooting on at the time that that song was going to do what it did. And I was coming back from lunch, and I was sitting in the parking lot, literally checking my bank account. And I had $12 left in, in my bank account, which was, you know, and at the time, you know, I didn't I didn't have a resource to go to other than what, where's the next car I'm going to wash, you know. And so for me, I knew the next day I can't go to the studio because I got to go work because I'm, I'm down to pretty much one mil left.
0: Is that from my podcast? Yeah, I pulled that from the podcast. Okay, I was going to say, this guy's telling the same (laughs) story as
5: everybody.
0: Okay. I was really confused and I was getting upset. I was like, no, 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 that's the story he told me. Well, it came out the other day. Yeah, it came out Friday, yeah. Yeah,
4: I thought that that part was interesting and you can search for it on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: I think the most interesting part is when I asked him, you guys break up because of your political beliefs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Part two? Mm, that's a good question. I liked it. I should get an award for that one. All right, is that it?
4: <laughs> I'm Amy. That's my pile.
5: That was Amy's pile of stories. Come on. It's time for the good news
6: with Amy. Tell me something good.
4: I love when little kids inspire us. This time it's a seven year old named Tuka Sari, lives in Pennsylvania and he started his own business, Tie Dye by Tuka. He makes and designs and then sells tie-dye shirts. And he has donated $375 to Your Safe Haven, which is a local shelter. Then he created some more shirts and was able to give $425 to the Special Olympics of Pennsylvania. And he continues to just make shirts and cut checks.
0: Yeah, it's good. It's a lot of money to a Mm seven-year-old. Yeah. It's a lot of money for anybody, actually. i got a seven-year-old who doesn't have a job. Uh, Also... I had a tie dye phase for a little bit. Tie dye shirts are awesome like for making a little bit. Them or wearing them? No wearing them. Everybody kind of has a tie dye phase for a little bit, where they're like, <laughs> tie dye is cool. I think the 70s were just a general tie dye phase yeah. for everybody. But I had a couple little phases where I thought tie dye was where it was. Did you, Amy?
4: Oh yeah, I I'm still I still wear it.
0: Lunchbox? Uh,
1: I had a tie dye shirt for kickball. That's the only reason. I was given to you, so you didn't have a phase yet. Don't worry, <laughs> it'll be coming soon. I would I would like to. I think they look cool, but I don't know. If, can I pull it off?
0: Yes. You can pull off anything that you want to pull off.
1: That's right. If you like it and you want to pull it off, go ahead
0: and pull it off. Also,
1: I feel like if you wear tie dye, people don't expect anything from you. Like, oh, that dude's just chill; like he has no responsibility. What? <laughs> like he's like a. They think you're a, like um, a hippie. Yes. Stoner. Yep. Because of a tie dye shirt. Yes. Huh? Uh-huh. So I think I need to get some of those.
4: Okay. So people yeah. won't
1: expect much of me. Probably a haircut first. Okay. That's.
4: Probably it probably is combo of Because yeah, with yeah,
1: the that'll
0: be what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Have you? Someone trimmed your bangs? Has someone trimmed your bangs? No. 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 All right. You
5: can get it. Them,
1: them oh, would you like us to? Now, maybe we bring a stylist in. They give me a styly haircut. A styly, yeah. We'll, we'll see if that's on the menu of things they do. All right, that's what it's all about.
0: That was "Tell Me Something Good."
5: issues affecting the Latin community, and much more. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community. Listen to Life as a Gringo on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories.